King, you have summoned me. What is it? Take this here vibranium to the Brother Miles as a gift from the people of Wakanda. Go and bring him the vibranium mic. He will use it wisely. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's absolutely nothing. What did you do before you were named a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have there? Ask Professor Maurice Miles Martinez, MC Brother Miles, and he'll tell you like it really is. You can shackle the hands of black people. You can jail the bodies of black people. But you cannot shackle or jail the minds of black people. Rise up, black man, black woman, and reach to go back to Africa. My father was a Garveyite. Thus, Marcus Garvey can be thought of as my grandfather. But when you say, I've read in... Dr. Ben's book, or I've read in Dr. Ivan Van Sertima's book, or I've read in Professor Maurice Miles Martinez's book, they say, don't speak that information in here. Brothers and sisters, speak your truth to the world. Brother Miles, the black man's truth is here. The Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. History is a clock that people use to tell their political, economic, and cultural time of day. Brother Miles, the relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. Free at last and proud to be black. One day, Miles will be free at last. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast, the place where black history, hip-hop, and spoken word come together. I'm your host, Maurice Miles Martinez, also known as MC Brother Miles. At the end of each podcast, we have an original spoken word poetry or hip-hop track by myself. We are now into season two of this podcast. Last week in season two, episode two, we talked about Malcolm X. And the week before in season two, episode one, we talked about the world's oldest bug repellent and the world's oldest mattress, 100 to 200,000 years old. I want to take a minute to thank everyone who regularly listens to this podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't. And if you could send this and direct message five of your friends through social media to listen to this podcast, I would really appreciate it. Your support in this way really helps to keep the podcast going. Also, if you happen to be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can also find it on those platforms as well as many more. Today I'm going to address the question, Abraham Lincoln, did he really free the slaves? Most people think of Abraham Lincoln as a great emancipator. In fact, when you ask presidents and presidential candidates from either major United States of America political party who their favorite president was, they usually refer to Abraham Lincoln. Now, I know that Abraham Lincoln is known for freeing the slaves. That's how you learned him in school. However, Abraham Lincoln has a little-known history of the mistreatment of black people. And I'm going to tell you some things about Abraham Lincoln today that you might not have known. First, in running for the Senate against Stephen Douglas, Abraham Lincoln said, and I quote, 
I will say then that I am not in favor nor have ever been in favor of bringing about in any way the social and political equality of the black and white races. That I am not, nor have ever been in favor of making voters or jurors of Negroes, nor of qualifying them to hold office, nor to intermarry with white people. And I will say, in addition to this, that there is a physical difference between the white and black races, which I believe will forever forbid the two races living together on terms of social and political equality. And inasmuch as they cannot so live, while they do remain together, there must be the position of superior and inferior. And I, as much as any other man, am in favor of having the superior position assigned to the white race. End quote. This was the famous debate between Lincoln and Douglas, the debate in which the Lincoln-Douglas debates were named. The Lincoln-Douglas debates are a whole debate format today that's been designed for people to debate under. Now you know what was really said about black people in the debate. You just heard Lincoln's reply to Douglas when Douglas accused him of being a friend to black people. Now, did Abraham Lincoln change when he became president? Hardly. President Lincoln did not want to keep black people around. In fact, he even entertained a colonization scheme to get rid of free black people here in America just in case black people one day became free. The colonization scheme that Lincoln engaged in in December of 1861 started with him being entertained by people who were advocates of this white supremacist colonization scheme. In his first annual message to Congress in December 1861, Lincoln argued for this position. Congress actually appropriated money on April 16, 1862 in a bill which was incorporated freeing slaves in the District of Columbia. Congress provided hundreds of thousands of dollars for this, which was the equivalent of millions of dollars today for this colonization scheme. There were several colonization proposals to send black people to different places, but this one won out. And in Ile Ivachi, which is an island off the coast of Haiti, more than 400 black people from America were sent. These were free black people to Ile Ivachi off the coast of Haiti. They didn't like the environment there. They asked to be brought home. About 15% of them had died and they couldn't stand it. The colonization scheme was a complete failure, but it shows how much so that Abraham Lincoln really cared about keeping black people here in America who were free. It demonstrates that Abraham Lincoln really didn't care about you and I. He didn't care about our ancestors. He didn't care about our relatives. He wanted to get rid of us, to kick us out of this country. He didn't consider us Americans. Now, well into the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln wrote to an editor in 1862, and I quote, if I could save the Union without freeing any slave, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing all the slaves, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing some and leaving others alone, I would also do that. What I do about slavery and the colored race, I do because I believe it helps to save the Union. And what I forbear, I forbear because I do not believe it would help to save the Union. So this is what Lincoln really cared about. He didn't care about black people. He didn't care about you and I. He cared about saving the country. Ultimately, Lincoln was forced by Congress at the time through a number of confiscation acts 
to his position in the Emancipation Proclamation. There was a Confiscation Act in 1861 and one in 1862. The Confiscation Acts allowed the Union Army, the Northern Army, to seize human beings who were considered to be property at that time. Human beings who were property, but that was used to support the South in their rebellion against the United States of America. Now to be clear, black people were already freeing themselves by running away to Union military lines. We have always chosen to be free and to free ourselves in our own best interest. And this was true during the Civil War as well as the American Revolutionary War when we were offered freedom by the British side. So what did Abraham Lincoln actually do? Did he free black people? Did he keep some black people in slavery like he said he would do? He passed the Emancipation Proclamation. And here is what the Emancipation Proclamation said. I, Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States, by virtue of the power invested in me as Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy of the United States in time of actual armed rebellion against the authority and government of the United States, and as a fit and necessary war measure for suppressing said rebellion, do on this first day of January in the year of our Lord, 1863, and in accordance with my purpose to do so publicly, proclaimed for the full period of 100 days from the day first above mentioned, order and designate as the states and parts of states wherein people thereof respectively are this day in rebellion against the United States, the following to wit. End quote. Now I'm going to skip a little part and come back to it. Quote, and by the virtue of the power and for the purpose aforesaid, I do order and declare that all persons held as slaves within said designated states and parts of states are and henceforth shall be free, and that the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authorities thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of said persons. Now, if you notice, he said parts of states. Why would he have to say parts of states if he was free? all black people. Let me explain. And this one I'm not going to do in Lincoln's voice. Quote, Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, end quote, is where he freed black people. And then he had an exception. These are the parts where he kept people in slavery. Quote, except the parishes of St. Bernard. End quote. And he goes on and includes Orleans and the city of New Orleans. He kept black people in slavery. Abraham Lincoln, you kept black people you kept my ancestors in slavery in New Orleans. Quote, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia. And quote, freed black people, quote, except in Virginia, the 48 counties designated as West Virginia, and also the counties of Berkeley, Acomac, Northampton, Elizabeth City, York, Princess Anne, and Norfolk, including the cities of Norfolk and Portsmouth, and which accepted parts are for the present left precisely as if this proclamation were not issued. End quote. And these areas cited today, broadly speaking, are Maryland, New Orleans, and parts of Tennessee. I have all of this documented in my book, The Real Wakandas of Africa. Why was this exemption given to keep black people in slavery in these areas? because Abraham Lincoln's army controlled these areas. He could have freed black people in these areas, but he didn't. Instead, he said, I'm freeing black people in every place else that I have no military control, but in the places where I actually have soldiers, where I have troops, where I have the military, or like Maryland that have sided with me. In those areas, Abraham Lincoln kept people in slavery. 
As always, we conclude the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast with an original spoken word poetry or hip-hop track by myself, Maurice Miles Martinez, MC Brother Miles. Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves with the stroke of his pen one cold winter's day. After being elected, the president threw off worldly cares, stretched his legs in his chair against three other people he had won fair and square and began to tell stories with a humorous air when someone raised the question of slavery for Lincoln to bear. Abraham Lincoln, without feeling scared, reminisced of a justice of the peace who, like himself, had been elected to a powerful seat. Slavery gripped the nation from west to east and the justice's first case, like Lincoln's, had been that of a slave who got beat. Sitting in his chair and grinding his teeth, Lincoln compared himself to the justice who won the powerful seat. Quoting the justice while stomping his shoe, he affirmed, I'll be damned if I don't feel almost sorry for being elected, when the black problem is the first that I have to attend to. Except Lincoln used the N-word. Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves with the stroke of his pen one cold winter's day. Two years early in a debate for the Senate with Stephen Douglas, Douglas teased Lincoln. Negroes, you love them. If elected, you'll probably grant them plenty of rights, allow them to vote, and intermarry with whites. Lincoln, do you really believe the Negroes are equal? Don't elect Lincoln, elect me Douglas for this political sequel. After being chided by Douglas, good old Abe, who as we know was soon to be emancipator of the American slave, stood up straight in his firm American way. Without being amazed at Douglas, he gazed and recited so eloquently with the art of a sage. I'm not in favor of these Negroes among us to have social, political, or voting rights, or even to intermarry with whites. And in the position of the American dream, I maintain that whites are supreme. Supreme, I guess? No. Supreme, I insist. This makes Lincoln a white supremacist. Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves with the stroke of his pen one cold winter's day. Abraham Lincoln had a colonization scheme to get rid of Africans across the Gulf Stream. So he went to Congress and secured hundreds of thousands of dollars to send black people to a colony, Ileavachi, off the coast of Haiti. Bitten by poisonous insects and facing great deprivation, they asked to be taken back to the American nation. Sixty had died in this colonial case, and Lincoln was not happy because all of his faith in his colonization scheme did not fulfill his white supremacist dream to get rid of Africans across the Gulf Stream so that a white regime in America he could redeem. Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves with the stroke of his pen one cold winter's day. Many people have heard of the Emancipation Proclamation, but if you read what it says, you'll see it was faking. The Emancipation Proclamation freed all the people Lincoln had no power to free and none of the people he had the power to free. How could this be? Just look and you'll see that the Proclamation of 1863 was a twisted potpourri that offered the African no guarantees. The Emancipation Proclamation freed all the people 
in the states in rebellion. Now the states in rebellion, which was most of the South, was a separate nation with independence to tout. They had their own president, Jefferson Davis, Congress and court system to ensure good political behavior. It's like when the U.S. colonies rebelled against England claimed a nation for all themselves. Could England, after America was free, like Lord Dunmore said, we're going to free slaves in America, your country to be? But keep them in our country, yes, overseas. This was and would have been straight hypocrisy for England to do to the white American creed. But this is how Lincoln did his misdeed by using the African politically to make the southern confederate states of America concede that they were wrong in the first place to ever secede. In the places in the south controlled by Lincoln's northern army, the Emancipation Proclamation kept people in slavery. Specifically, these areas were Maryland, New Orleans, and parts of Tennessee. Lincoln's army controlled these parts of the South, but he kept slavery there despite all of his mouth. The Emancipation Proclamation freed people in other parts of the South, a separate nation in which Lincoln had no political clout. Lincoln thus freed no one at all, so please don't you call him the great emancipator of all, because he cared about his own self for years he installed, and now he should be praised for a hypocritical doctrine he finally decided to scrawl. Now, some of you say, where did you get these facts? I never heard of good old Abe Lincoln doing this to blacks. Check out these works and you'll see it's not an act. I can cite him in MLA or standard anthropological format, APA or Turabian notation, or even documentation created from the black nation. The first of these sources that I will have you here to explore is J. Rogers' chapter on the Civil War. In the book, Africa's Gift to America for Sure. Second sources by John Nikolai and John Hay, entitled Abraham Lincoln in History, my brethren. Check out volume 6, chapter 17, pages 354 to 367, and you'll see Abraham Lincoln was a mess. Next, check, was Abraham Lincoln a white supremacist? An article in February 1688, Ebony. The knowledge I speak awakens both common folk and gentry. And it seems next you'll have to read Lerone Bennett Jr.'s Forced Into Glory, Abraham Lincoln's White Dream. Next, if you forget all of the sources that I just told you about in this hit, just get my book, The Real Wakandas of Africa, because I've documented it there, all of it. Abraham Lincoln didn't free any slaves with the stroke of his pen on any winter's day. Summer's day, spring day, day in April, June or May. And if you ask me plainly, what do I say? Stop paying tribute to Lincoln in this hypocritical way. I could spit more facts straight off the chest, but I think Malcolm X said it best. Abraham Lincoln tricked the Negro into thinking that he was free. And when you read some of the books written by the so-called Negro historian J.A. Rogers, one of his books, The uh, Africa's Gift to America, he points out plainly how Abraham Lincoln tricked the Negro, fooled the Negro, and used the Negro. The same way that every other politician who has been in the White House has been tricking and fooling and using the Negro as a political football ever since America has been America. Thank you for listening to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. If you like listening to this podcast, you can now support it by becoming a direct supporter of the weekly podcast. You can donate at the $4.99 level, and if you don't have as much money, you can support it for as little as $1 per month. Please click the link at the end of the description on my podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. The link will take you to my Anchor.fm podcast page, which is powered by Spotify. If you scroll down on my Anchor.fm page, you will see a button which says support. 
Anyone who supports at the $9.99 level monthly, I will send you an autographed copy of my book, The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark vs. Herman Cain, if you email me. If you support me at the $9.99 level, you will need to email me the address that you want the book sent to at Martinez at gmail.com and I will send you an autographed copy of my book. Again, that email is Martinez at gmail.com M-A-U-R-I-C-E-M-I-L-E-S-M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z at gmail.com, all one word. And I will send you an autographed copy of the book if you support me again at the nine ninety nine level. You can also pick a copy of my books up on Amazon, The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark vs. Herman Cain, The Great Wall of Africa, The Empire of Benin's 10,000-mile-long wall, and The Real Vibranium of Africa, which is also under the name The Wakandas, Real Vibranium of Africa, by myself, Maurice Miles Martinez. I have some new books coming out soon, and I will keep you updated. Thank you again for listening to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast, and I will speak with you next week.